Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Hey, you remember that scene in Back to the Future when Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox, arrives in 1955 and meets the younger Doc Brown? I'm telling the truth, Doc. You gotta believe me. Then tell me, future boy. (laughs) Who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? (laughs) Then who's vice president? Jerry Lewis. I suppose Jane Wyman is a first lady. Whoa, wait, Doc. And Jack Benny is secretary of the treasury. Doc, you gotta listen to me. I got enough practical jokes for one evening. Imagine, Imagine sitting in an intimate setting and watching that scene with the president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, Mark Weinberg had that experience and many more and has just published Movie Nights with the Reagans. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for being here. 
My pleasure. Good morning. Paint that picture. You, you are at the Aspen Lodge. What is the Aspen Lodge? So in movie nights, I describe Aspen Lodge, which is the presidential residence at Camp David. It's a modest three-bedroom home, comfortably but fancily furnished, where the Reagans relaxed and were themselves in private and on Friday and Saturday nights, right in their living room, screened a lot of movies, mostly iconic movies of the 80s. Your book is the story of the Reagan presidency as told through these movies that you had the privilege of watching with the Reagans. That's right. Uh, And it's a piece of them that had not been written about or seen before, which is why I wanted to do this. It was a unique look, another piece of the puzzle, a lot of stories and revelations that have not been previously shared. And it's one that I think Mrs. Reagan wanted told. As I mentioned in the book, I had what I think is the last interview with her before she passed away for this book. And she revealed some things to me, and we had some interesting conversations, mostly centered about the movies and Hollywood. And she was very excited that this story was finally going to be told. Yeah, it was very poignant when you tell the story about about driving up to their house on St. Cloud, and, and after you're cleared through security, you go to the door. And I was even struck by the fact that you said that that once you got through the threshold and got to the front door, when he was still with us, He'd answer the door himself, or they'd answer that door together. But now, unfortunately, it was only Mrs. Reagan who was left. That's right. But she still came. And uh, one of the one of the things I tell in the book is how the Reagans, and I called it a Reagan thing, but the, one of the things, if you went to visit the Reagans at their home or meet with them for any reason, they would escort you to the door themselves, and they would stand at the door and wave until your car was out of sight. And it was so... Interesting to me that they did that, because that was a Camp David thing, too. On Friday and Saturday nights, when the small group would gather in front of Aspen to be escorted into the living room, President Reagan himself would open the door and escort you in. And at the end of the movie, after we had our conversations, and I told the folks in the books a lot about what they discussed after the movies and what they thought of them, at the end, he and Mrs. Reagan would walk you to the front door. What was your station in life that allowed you to have such intimate access to the Reagans, and how did you get there? I was an assistant press secretary and special assistant to the president. I worked in the Reagan 80 campaign for Jim Brady, and when Brady was named press secretary, he offered me a job in the White House press office. It was Jim Brady's idea that somebody from the press office accompany the Reagans to Camp David so that there would be eyes and ears and a point of contact and a press aide in attendance. Brady had young kids. His two deputies had young kids, so they couldn't go. And it fell to me and another assistant press secretary for the first year, and then me for the remaining seven, to go every weekend on the helicopter with them to Camp David and spend our time there. And and as I said at the outset, it's it's much more than just... What movies did the Reagans watch? You had such a front row seat and role for history. I think it was in the Ghostbusters chapter where I was struck by the fact that when the concession call comes from Walter Mondale and the Reagans had a a drill, they had a protocol as to where they'd go, where they'd eat and with whom they would spend election night. And correct me if I'm wrong, you're in a bedroom with the Gipper when he takes that call with like one or two other people present. You're right. They were creatures of habit. It was election night, 1984, and they were at their friend's home, the 
call came in. The White House operator said they had uh, Mr. Mondale. So the president got up from the table. We walked into a spare bedroom at their friend's home on which a portable television was set up on a card table. And he took the call uh, from Vice President Mondale, former Vice President Mondale, conceding the election. I stood there and wrote notes. Mrs. Reagan was in the room. I believe Mike Deaver, Dave Fisher, and that was and that was it. And there's a, <laughs> a story I, I could tell now of how... Uh, I sort of made a mistake, I guess, when at the end of the at the end of the phone call, uh, President very graciously said thank you and so forth. And Mike Deaver, who always was thinking of the the future and the nation, said you should invite Mondale over to the White House. And for some reason, I piped up for what a tour. <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Reagan's reaction was quite interesting. And Mike Deaver Deaver gave me the dagger eye. Hey, Mark, uh, you mentioned the, the small TV. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that it was a black and white on the card table. And of course, <laughs> I don't remember that detail, but it, it, it was a small television on a, on a card table. I mean, you know, and, and when we think back to that era of movies being shown at Camp David, everybody thinks discs, and that's not how it was. That's In what I wanted Aston to get Lodge, to. Right. As you'll see as you go through this book, there was a screen that came from the ceiling and a projector at the back of the dining room, and a projectionist showing movies reel-to-reel. Yeah, and, and so what's the drill that presidents, and in particular this first couple, given their role and affinity for Hollywood, they get advanced copies if they want them? If they want them, they can get advanced copies. Hollywood was very gracious and generous about that. The White House got almost any film it wanted, which not just because the Reagans were former actors, it was just kind of a courtesy that was extended, which in some respects is ironic, given how the relationship between Ronald Reagan and modern-day Hollywood evolved over time. So were there any restrictions on the like I, I take a look at the table of contents and of course I, I've read the entire book and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. The book is titled Thank Movie you. Nights with the Reagans. Mark Weinberg writes this memoir. But these are not R rated movies. Would they watch movies with gratuitous sex and violence? Not if they could help it, but but as I described, that was their chief complaint again about modern day movies that there was too much gratuitous sex and violence. And in fact, in one of the movies, uh, or, or in glamorization of things that weren't good, for example, in 9 to 5, the first movie I saw with them, that was a winner until the scene where Jane Fonda and the others were using marijuana, and that bothered both the Reagans. And in researching this book, I went back and read President Reagan's diary and found how bothered he was by it. He said it, it, would, it made him angry, and it also bothered Mrs. Reagan. And they felt that gratuitous sex and violence and glamorization of bad things were not good for movies, were not good for Hollywood, and were not good for the country. So you're telling me they walk the walk and they talk the talk, because that's Absolutely. how, they, that's how they held themselves out. There was one movie that's not in the book uh, that they saw that may have had an R rating. It was called Kiss of the Spider Woman, and uh, they, they didn't go for that at all. But, they, but there were so many movies that they loved of the 80s. They liked Back to the Future. They liked Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They liked Top Gun. They liked all those kinds of movies that were uh, big, robust, fun, entertaining, and clean. They really enjoyed those. It was all key. Yeah, the book. The book was also a walk down memory lane of some great movies from the eighties. Well, that's right. And this is a, a book. Hopefully, in addition to presenting a picture of the Reagans that has never before been seen, will also take you back to some amazing films of the 80s. I, films of the 80s to this day remain 
iconic. And watching them with the Reagans was an extraordinary twofer. Hey, did the Reagans have a, I know like in my family, we've got, we've got thumbs up, thumbs down, star systems, also like the Rotten Tomatoes, if you go to the <laughs> website. Did they have any kind of a way that they would handicap movies? No, they had, not really. The, the, the one thing that was consistent about the Reagans when, when watching a movie is you'll read as the screen comes down and the lights are dimmed, their eyes go to the screen and their eyes did not leave the screen until the movie was over. At which point the, the president would look at his watch to note the running time. Really? Every <laughs> single movie. And the next day, uh, that, that was a Friday night, and on Saturdays he did the radio addresses from Camp David. Right. And radio was, you know, I think in some respects his first love, because uh, that's where his career really began. He would do the radio addresses live from Camp David at 12.06 p.m. Eastern when we were there from a conference room, and I'd describe the scene of, and take the reader into the room at the table with the president. And I noticed that at the end of the radio speech, he would look at his watch exactly the same way for running. Well, time. you somewhere in the book here, and I've got it all marked up and dog-eared, but somewhere in here you made a point of saying that if he were doing the radio address, he would want to know where is his quote-unquote script, that there was some lexicon that he yes. still used tied to his Hollywood days. I was fascinated by that. Well, you know, Hollywood, and this, this is, this is you, you've hit very very wisely on what the central theme here is, is that Hollywood had a, a relationship with the Reagans unlike any other institution or any other industry because it's where their lives together began. It was the language they spoke, and they followed it closely. And yes, old habits died hard. He would sometimes call the radio speech, does anybody have the script for tomorrow? And from time to time, he would refer to me as his publicity man. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He said, I'll have my publicity well, man when's call When's my you call on that. time? And it's just, and it's the language they spoke. And as I observed right. the Reagans in private up there, I noticed that this was a commonality that, that they had together. It was the language they spoke and felt comfortable with. Hey, I'm not giving it all away for free, but, but one, one more aspect, if you don't mind. So not only are you there for all, you're there for the campaign and then all eight years, but you accompany the Reagans to California when they go back to Bel Air and when he's working in Century City. And there is a scene at the end of your book about the day that Tom Cruise comes to meet with former President Ronald Reagan. Just give me the Note version. Well, that's Maverick meets the Gipper. Right. And what it was, was we thought he, they remained interested in Hollywood, and we reached out to Tom Cruise and his people to see if he might be interested in coming and saying hello, kind of get old Hollywood and new Hollywood together and, and you know, bring President Reagan up to speed on what was going on. And, and they were very receptive. Tom Cruise was a complete gentleman, came in, they shook hands, they sat down and talked as if they had known each other for 40 years. There was no awkwardness. There was no silence. Uh, I described the conversation and some of the topics, and there, there they were, these two icons of Hollywood, m respecting each other and talking to each other in, in a way as if they had almost grown up together. It was remarkable, and I, I, President Reagan, I think, was quite impressed, and I know uh, Tom Cruise's agent said the same thing. I loved when it's time now for you to leave, and he, the president, picks up the phone and calls, well, the former president calls the then president, 
and and makes a uh, a courtesy call on your behalf. We're not telling that they have to buy movie <laughs> nights with the but it spoke so well of I thought him and his obvious affinity for you. It was terrific. I really applaud you. I loved the book, and I'd never say it if I didn't mean it. So congrats. Thank you so much, Michael. You're very kind. I, I hope that for moviegoers and Reagan liker lovers and history buffs and others who just want to take a comfortable walk down memory lane, they'll get this book. I think they'll enjoy it. Me too. Mark Weinberg, Movie Nights with the Reagans. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Michael. Have a great day. Book's terrific, folks. I really got a kick out of it. And it was a reminder of so many um, great movies that came uh, in the 1980s and the ones that he he would write up. But listen, I think I loved he, all of those movies. He, he was he was 23 when he started getting in the helicopter getting every weekend in the helicopter with the Reagans to go to, to, go Camp, to Camp David. David. Yeah. And then it would be movie night. That is and then extraordinary. It would, it would be movie night. And he was, you know, he was the young guy hanging out and, and they were and here. And he tells me... it so well. I love it. I love it. I could have listened to that. I wanted the whole thing. So The Maverick and the Gipper. So oh, my God. Nine, listen to some of the movies that he watched is it, with is the Is that Reagans. how it's done by chapter? By like, chapter. Every chapter is a movie. Okay. This is fantastic. Every chapter. So nine to five. Working now, remember, yeah, well, remember, nine to five was Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin and who? Jane Fonda. Oh, yeah. So the Reagans were remember friends. Remember when the guy pushed the thing over the desk so that Jay, that Dolly Parton had to lean over and pick it up? And then was that Dabney Coleman? I loved Dabney Coleman. Is that who it was? Dabney Coleman was the guy who in War Games, another movie he watched with the Reagans. Oh, my God. Do you remember Dabney Coleman? I didn't. I wouldn't have known that says, was his name, but where, I know who where he, he is. Says, who are you working for? Something like, <laughs> yes. cut the bullshit. Who are you working for? <laughs> because, and then and he wants to know because uh, uh, Matthew Broderick had made uh, a, a, a Paris flight reservation just screwing around with his computer and they want to know like who are you going to paris with i love that movie no but the point is jane fonda jane fonda was the star of that movie and to to the reagans they liked henry fonda but jane fonda was to them the vietnam activist who was married to tom hayden so they were unsettled about watching that movie raiders of the lost ark well they were unsettled about watching movies with with gratuitous sex and violence the two things that make a good movie right you know today and i don't mean the reagans but like if if today this story were being told about a modern couple that held themselves out as conservatives, you'd, you'd not be surprised to know that they were watching porn when they got back there. To, but not not the Reagans, is my point. Chariots of Fire, E.T., the extraterrestrial, which, by the way, was not screened at Camp David. It was screened at the White House. And Steven Spielberg brought it to the Reagans, and both of them cried as they watched it. Spielberg told them it was an ode to his childhood, wow. and they cried. Curse of the Pink Panther. Uh, another tidbit. Bedtime for Bonzo was the Reagan movie from 51 that he did with a chimp. He'd never watched it in its entirety himself, but he did at Camp David and Mark was there to watch it. Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, uh, Rocky. They loved the Rocky movies. The Reagans loved the Rocky movies. Top Gun. Newt Rockney, All-American. You know That's the win one for is, the Gipper. My only regret is Ferris that, Bueller's day, day Off. Is they're gone. And I would like to interview or hear them interviewed about these movies. Like, I want I want to see Mark with the Reagans promoting this. I love that, that the president wanted to know what was the runtime. What was, was the runtime? Down to the watch. Yeah. All right, gang. That was lots of fun. Lots of fun. Movie night with the Reagans. 
Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.